Yeah, waiting for their conditioner to shut off. Uh, y'all listen to this for a bit, and we'll we'll see if we can get it to stop. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I told y'all we were going to get back on track, and this is uh, our attempt to do so. Well, it's been an exciting two weeks. As I probably told y'all before, I had been recently reappointed as emergency coordinator for Kaufman County, Texas, and we are trying to start a club at the same time. I did something incredibly stupid one morning, uh, well, I guess it's about a week ago at this point, which is I conducted what I call a social media blip. So if y'all ended up annoyed by that for some reason or another, please, please excuse me. I actually got up very early in the morning, uh, wrote a really nice thing about the club, about Aries starting up out here and that kind of stuff and then I plastered it on everything I could find over on social media over on uh, Facebook I ended up in talk groups I didn't even know existed very similar things went on over at MeWe and Tumblr and even over at Reddit I've decided since I've been treated unfairly over there so much and uh, normally stay away from there I decided to go over there and just blast the whole thing with this social media blip. In return, what I ended up with was, that was 7 a.m. when I started. I answered the very last reply at 10.30 that night and only took an hour off to go to the grocery store with my wife. So, well, you got to spend quality time together. You know, it's, it's a family thing. So, out of that, we have, in the past week, recruited 13 members for the new Amateur Radio Club and 7 members for the area unit. Now, for those of y'all who haven't been involved in that kind of stuff, that is, for a place like Kaufman County, Texas, that's um, pretty doggone good in a week. So, let's see what else we've got going on this week. We've been working a couple of nets. We have discovered that if we take our J-Pole antenna, and I probably haven't brought y'all up to speed on that. For some of y'all may know, may remember that I was having to work out of a compromised position here. And so I had a, a dual band arrow J-Pole stuck in one of the windows here in the apartment on the ground floor because it's only a one-story building. And I was having an incredible amount of problems trying to communicate with anybody outside of Terrell, Texas. And there goes the air conditioner. We'll see if we can get rid of it. 
And after about a year's worth of frustration and only being able to use DMR and not being able to find a whole lot of people to talk to there because I have uh, no aspirations to contact people on different continents unless it's on HF, the good old-fashioned way. So trying to uh, check out the local talk groups on DMR, there's a handful of guys that are on Texas and Texas statewide, but... You know, they're not there that often. I'm not there that often. We're not there that often. It makes uh, having lengthy and meaningful conversations about amateur radio, public service, what color the cat is, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, difficult. And even to my dismay, the uh, talk group that I set up for the local club as it's coming together over on TGIF, not a lot of traction on that either. I believe it might be helpful when we uh, also add the Aries channel. I'm waiting a little bit of time before I go ask for that. I'm sure they wouldn't want me having too many at one time. But we're still working on that. We'll keep y'all posted. Hey, if y'all want to come say hello, over on TGIF Network, you'll find a talk group, 75142. 75142. And that is the Kaufman County Amateur Radio Association talk group on TGIF and you can uh, go ahead I try to listen to it as much as I can uh, there's another gentleman named Colton that uh, monitors it quite a bit and uh, so does I guess RC RC Wessel uh, he's the club secretary over to club now so y'all can come uh, come on over and visit if you like we also have a separate discord server set up for uh, Aries and the club Kaufman County Amateur Radio Association is one. The other is Kaufman County Aries, which we're in Texas. That's one of the graphs I got on Reddit was, well, it'd be nice if you told us what state it was in. Look it up, brother. Look it up. If you're listening to the show, you know where I am. If you ain't listening to the show, well, look it up. All right. So we've done that and that and that. Oh, yeah, I never got to the point on the antenna, did I? Arrow J-Pole was in the uh, window, about three feet off the ground, inside an apartment, with metal framing and metal studs in the walls, and we weren't doing a very good job. So I moved it outside, and I stuck it on one of these fiberglass tent poles I've got, stuck it in a bush, and then it was four feet off the ground, but it was outside. And I got to hearing a whole lot more stuff. And I was able to get into a whole lot more stuff. So, tempting fate, because I really don't want the apartment managers and stuff to get too upset. I went ahead and uh, went over to Mini Warehouse, got me another pole. Stopped at the good old Walmart and purchased myself some bungee cords. Yes, sir. Then it was up about eight feet, but there's rain gutter. And unfortunately, at eight feet, I was concerned it might come in contact with that rain gutter. So I bought a tiny, tiny little bucket, about six, eight inches tall, set the pole on top of it. This almost achieved our goal. I kept trying to figure out how can I get it a little higher? How can I get it a little higher? And it just so happens we had some old waste buckets that we used to keep in the lavatory over at our the house we were in in Mesquite, Texas. And it just so happens that one of them was empty. 
So I took it out there, set the pole on top of the bucket, attached the bucket to the side of the building. I'm up above the rain gutter about six inches, and life is good. And a whole world of amateur radio possibilities opened up to me. Whereas I could barely hit a repeater in Mesquite, Texas, which is 20 miles from here, roughly. Once I put that antenna in the air, I can get all the way into downtown Dallas, 35 miles. Richardson, Texas, which is uh, maybe a tiny bit further because it's a little to the north of Dallas. I can get into the repeaters, some of the repeaters over in Wills Point, which is 20 miles away the other direction. And the good old really loud ones are still good. I'd like to say hello to the folks at the Cedar Creek Amateur Radio Club. Thank you for the use of your repeater. That is 14690 down around Cedar Creek Lake. Y'all get a map out up to the north. Uh, there is the Major Fields repeater. I really don't know them people that well, so I don't know a whole lot about the repeater. And the Devil Machine in Garland, Texas. 146.660. Yes, sir, the big triple six. And I love you guys over in Garland, man. I love y'all. I'm just playing with you. All right, so now we've got reasonable communications. The dual band are sitting here ready to cross band should I need it to do so. We got the Aries team starting to build up. Like I said, we got seven, man. I shipped them all out task books yesterday, so we get them all trained up and ready to go. But we still don't have a repeater. We're working on that. What else do we have to bore y'all with about the goings-on in Coleman County? Well, you know, for the most part, I really think it's uh, that's it. I'm coming into contact with a lot of folks that are not necessarily Aries-related or related to our club at this time. And some of the stuff that they have going on, I will probably at some point come and talk to y'all about. There's one guy out there who's got a really good online club management system. We, we might talk about that some at some point. If you want to hear about that, send me an email, and I'll uh, bump it up to priority list. So today, our topic, I, I, I'm kind of, I don't want to offend anybody where this is concerned, and I'm trying to have a hard time figuring out a way to title this or at least throw out the first tagline for it which is is your club vibrant that's probably the best way to uh, phrase it i had a fellow use that one time when he and i were discussing a particular club around town and he said he told me that you know a club has to be active and vibrant and that kind of stuck with me and it more now than ever before I can see that this is the case. And what do I mean by vibrant? Well, they need to be friendly and welcoming. And no, I'm not doing this off. I'm, I'm, I'm off script like I always am on RRA. But they have to be welcoming. You have to be ready to welcome the, these guys in. Some of them are seasoned amateur radio operators. They've been around a long time. And, you know, they remember how things was, how things are now. and trying that most of the older guys are desperately trying to reconcile the two because the face of amateur radio has changed so much over the last 25 years 
that it's almost unrecognizable as far as, I mean, the basics are still the same, but the other stuff is almost unrecognizable. We're using uh, computer, or, uh, <laughs> well, computers is probably right, the right word. We're using radios that have microcircuits on their boards that uh, you can't, I can't see them. And we're doing new digital modes that didn't even exist back then. I mean, when I first got licensed, you were lucky if there were, well, there was Ready, there was ASCII, there was uh, Amtor, and Packet. And that was it, at least as far as I know. Slow scan television and fast scan television were all in their infancy. Well, they weren't in their infancies, but they were uh, chugging along. I mean, nowadays you send in digital pictures on uh, slow scan TV and it looks like a picture on your computer. Uh, no sound lines, noise lines and that kind of stuff. You, no part pixel loss because of conditions, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's fantastic. And if y'all, well, wife, wife and I sit here and watch Gunsmoke a lot on uh, one of the cable channels. And slow scan TV or fast scan TV at that time wasn't a whole lot better than the quality you see on Gunsmoke. In fact, Gunsmoke's a little better. But, and y'all don't start on me that she started that uh, and that kind of stuff. But you got the old guys trying to reconcile the old way and the new way and try and stay as current as they possibly can. You got the new guys that are freshly licensed. Now, the fear that comes with being newly licensed has resonated down through the decades since the codeless license came in. So there's that inherent fear of a lot of the new guys that they're not going to be accepted. This is another problem because we want them to feel welcome. What happened? The amateur radio fraternity, and I'm, I'm using that word, I don't think it's PC anymore, but the amateur radio fraternity has always been a group of guys that treated the others in the group like they were family. They would do anything for them. They helped them with, get their equipment the way it needed to be. They taught them how to do, how to operate on the air. Shoot. They'd even get together and have barbecues and stuff where radios weren't even involved. And that's another issue. I was talking once again to somebody the other night. And I, we were talking about the fact that clubs tend to lose members and stuff because they aren't as friendly. And I turned around and countered with the division of the hams. Now, if y'all been listening to the show very long, you've heard me talk about that. And what it is, is we keep finding new ways to get away from each other. And, I, and that, beyond me, you know, you got a proprietary, two proprietary systems out there uh, for encoding radios where if somebody else doesn't have that, they can't talk to you. Same thing with DMR. You get down on DMR and you're in the talk groups and stuff, well, I mean, if you're coming through off a repeater, it's a little different uh, because there's people in your local area that could be on that repeater as well, and you're talking with them. But in the case of what I'm is starting to look to me like the vast majority of DMR operators, they're on a hotspot. 
So if you're not in that talk group, they can't talk to you and you can't talk to them. I suspect it's the same way on Fusion. Or I know it's that way on D-Star. Yeah, I got uh, plenty of money. To, I invested a lot of money in learning about Division down on D-Star. And the whole point is we keep finding ways to get away from each other instead of coming together. Now, these things are, are a big part of the problem because clubs aren't, welcome, aren't as welcoming as they used to be. You know, when I was traveling around as an assistant section manager and I was doing talks at different clubs and presentations in front of local community cert teams and stuff, and that, most of the clubs I would walk into, they treated me just like I was a long-time club member. And nowadays, you can go in, well, nowadays, they're all like that club I use as a training tool a lot, uh, because they were like that back in the late 80s when I got licensed. But you go in, they don't say hi, welcome to the club, nobody acknowledges you're there. Uh, that kind of stuff. I know when I was uh, president of the Ham Association of Mesquite, occasionally, well, we tried to every, every meeting, but occasionally at the club meeting, we would go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves. You know, that was a big deal because new people, that it was their first time there, they might join the club, they might not, but if you are welcoming to them, then they're more likely to join the club. Let's go back to this conversation I had where uh, this actually came to mind. I was talking to someone on the air the other night, and they were telling me about one of the local clubs that I have some knowledge of, and they were telling me that, that they had dwindled down to 25 paid members at regular club meetings, more often than not, it's getting to the point that they don't even have enough members there to constitute a quorum, so they can't really do club business. They seem to have discontinued a lot of the fun amateur radio stuff, the club activity kind of thing that they used to do, and, you know, just uh, they have a lot of stuff that ha doesn't get done anymore because there's only probably five or ten of them actually actively working at this. And I know from last night, if we're talking 25, then about 10 to 15 percent of them are the same guys that were older than me when I was a member of the club. And this is not disturbing. Because the club also did uh, the thing that I fight horribly against, which is they allowed their club to go 501c3, and it's been about a decade and a half ago. Been about 15 years, I think. And y'all have heard me preach about that. Go find some of the episodes where I do. You know, you take, the, you take the power away from the club members and give it to a handful of people, it is always a bad thing. I understand that you're eligible for charitable contributions, you get a break on the taxes, I understand all the mumbo-jumbo, I understand, I even understand the part about uh, if there's an accident and there's not a corporate entity in place, meaning a 501c3, nonprofit, corporation, whatever, um, that it is possible that all of the club members could be 
sued over whatever that incident was. I, I get all this. But if you want to have a five-member club, four or five-member club, then start a four or five-member club. Make it 501c3. Nobody's going to care. But if you've got a club that's 30, 50, 100, well, you're taking the power away from them. They don't have a say. And the majority of the time, the people who end up on the board of directors at one of these clubs, what they want to do has absolutely nothing with what the club at large wants to do. And in the particular case I'm talking about, I was told that uh, it would always be the club would make the final decision. However, I can tell by the outcome, not by being there, that that's what happened. And it's very sad. It breaks my heart. So here's what I'm telling you. Your club needs to be vibrant. It needs to be welcoming. It needs to furnish something for the club member. It needs to kind of create a social circle. You know, the club next door to the one I was just talking about in the uh, city next door, they have no problem getting members. They, I'm told, I was told that they uh, have well over 100 members. And it was that way with the club I was speaking about earlier under three different presidents. And this, I, this came to mind the other day. Under three different presidents of that club while I was a member, the roster was over 100. And in fact, uh, at one point during uh, one of them's presidency, it was closer to 150. Now, this is a club that's only got 25 members now. And under that president, the following president, then the election of two guys that didn't really give a wet slap about other, anything other than being the president's club. That was a four-year stint. And then the president that came in after that, 100-plus roster. During that little lull, it sagged down in, in the neighborhood of 50. Let's look at it this way. If you are in the leadership of a club, and it's not strictly this way, but it kind of plays out like it's this way. If you are in the leadership of a club, and most basic clubs that are not 501c3, their club officers are president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. You have four club officers, and they do not arbitrarily make uh, policy and are arbitrarily make policy, plans, or whatever for the club. They are responsible to the membership, and the membership gets to call shots. So you need a club that's active. You need a club that, oh yeah, I lost track of my, y'all, it's been a long week and I keep losing my train of thought. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, where we were going with that was, and now I lost my track of thought again, uh, where we were going with that was that it may not look like it on the surface. You've got these four club officers. All the people in that club are the customers of the club officers. They are, the club officers are the guys standing behind the counter with the fingers on the, on the register ready to go or in the uh, restaurant with the notepad fixing right. And the people in the club are the customers. So you have to have that mindset and know that you're responsible to them. Y'all may be buddies. Y'all may go drink beer together when you're not doing radios and stuff. And you may do drink beer together when you're doing radios. But the whole point is that 
you have to make that club friendly. For the older guys, you need to make sure that there's some kind of benefit in being in that club. Yeah, they if they like to teach. I mean, I like to teach people what I know. If everybody doesn't know what I know, I'm not happy. And, you know, that would be a benefit for me. Uh, on the other hand, it may be something else for the old-timers. But out of the ones that want to teach, then you have a benefit for the newer guys. And out of all these guys, you can find all kinds of stuff to go out there and keep these guys engaged. Ladies, too, I'm sorry. I'm an old ham and things have changed. I forget. But there's transmitter hunt. There's coffee after the weekly net. There's the weekly net. If you're engaged in traffic handling with NTS, you know, your club's engaged in that. That causes some, gets some camaraderie going on also. This same club I was talking about earlier, at one point, they had something called ham radio, or uh, what is it? Amateur radio in the park, or ham radio in the park, something like that. And it was kind of like a mini field day. And not only was there a benefit of the new guys being able to come out and operate HF rigs because they didn't weren't licensed for it yet and stuff like that, and kind of getting the bug, there was also people walk up and ask what was going on. And you could tell them about amateur radio and ha invite them to a club meeting. Uh, I would hate to, I mean, I would hate to imagine how many people came into that particular club that way. You know, giving license classes, having a VE team that is kind of pseudo-attached to the club. You know, all these things. The problem is, it's like I was saying in uh, one of the previous episodes, the me, me, me generation has invaded, finally made their way into amateur radio. And unfortunately, the problem with being me, me, me is that you don't want to be us, us, us. And least of all, you want to help, help, help. Meaning, I can't possibly see a lot of the guys that I've heard recently on the air going over to somebody's house. And helping them solder some wires on something that they need to get fixed. Uh, helping them repair a microphone or helping them put together a piece of coax, you know, solder the connectors on the end, that kind of stuff. I can't see a lot of that happening. I know, in my case, there was a fellow named Bill Revis. I really liked Bill. He was a great guy. But he was kind of old. And sadly, behind his house, he had a 50-foot tower. And he had an issue where it had to come, be taken down. And then uh, he went ahead and put some fresh tower sections up. Well, he put the word out and put the word out and put the word out. And the only person that was willing to go over there and help him was me. And I went over to his house. I was living in Grand Prairie, Texas at the time. He lived in Irving, Texas. So he was about 10, 15 minutes away. And I went over to his house. And I'm looking at the tower section, I'm looking at the house, and I'm looking at the base that he, that he poured all by his old self. And I'm like, hmm, how are we going to do this, Bill? And about that time, a crane truck rolled up. Works for me. It was difficult for me to find a climbing belt my size at the time. I was kind of chunky. So I wrapped, wrapped a, a, a safety rope around me with some gigantic carabiners on it. Up I went. And the crane would sling them over, and I'd kind of get them adjusted enough where I could get a, a couple bolts seated, and we'd we'd move on to the next section. And we got that in, and we got that tower up, and we got the got the uh, 
dual band HF antenna up on or dual band beam up on top of it. So what I'm saying is that a lot some clubs are going to go under, and they're going to be perceived as unfriendly if they're not inviting to new people and not out actively recruiting. Get on other nets and tell them that y'all are having a meeting for your club. You know, simple things like that. Show up at ham fest and shake some hands. Get involved in field day with other groups. We're going to have a uh, dual field day, sort of. It's actually a uh, field day for the Rockwall Amateur Radio Club, which is just north of here. But the fellow who is uh, hosting it, because they're not having it in a public place, I would think he'd lose, not, and there would be points you would not get for that, but he's ho having it out at his place because he has a pretty sizable place out there. And we are, the Kaufman County Club has been asked to join them because he's a member of our club. So we're going to go out there and hobnob, rub elbows, and all that stuff. Unfortunately, Richard's too old to be hanging out all night long, and... And I can't be gone too long because the wife uh, occasionally needs me to help her with stuff and I need to be here if that happens. So, if you hear us on the air, if you hear the Richardson Wireless Club, uh, call it field day. Y'all hop on and uh, say hello to somebody. But, be vibrant, be active, be inviting where your club is concerned because it is entirely possible that well, I know for a fact that a well-respected, highly thought-of club with a large, active membership can go out of business easily. So I've sat here and I've run my head. And y'all like that, I know. Because I'm adorable. And I am magnificent. I'm magnificently adorable. So y'all put some thought to what I said in this one. You know, it's one of those things that hit me like a like a bolt of lightning. I had not even considered this as a topic for this episode until, I guess, probably about 18 hours ago. And I knew we had to. So with that, everybody enjoy field day. I need to quit dating this episode. But y'all go out and enjoy field day. I hope y'all have a happy and safe one. We don't want any towers falling on people or that kind of stuff. I'm, I know it was fucker time in Mesquite one year when we were putting one up on, on muddy ground and nearly nearly dropped it on the club president. Uh, that was funny. I never seen that woman run so fast. But y'all go out and have a happy and safe field day. Remember, you need to spend time with your family too, even though it is field day. Cute. Take them out there. Cook them a hamburger. That'll work. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I got a ton of stuff to do. And we will talk to y'all next time. 7.30. We gotta go.
ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. And the stoppage goes, starts now.